things are um, from India. I get things locally yes. from Indians. You always have to know where to go, right? And you have different connections and things like that. But the fabric is all Indian. This, these are saris. So remind me how the two of you know each other. Yeah. We first met at the Yoga Sanctuary. Yeah, you were there. I met at a party because I think you were practicing in one of the rooms. Yes. They had... Uh, that's yeah, right, that's right. That was so right. long ago. That was a long time That must ago. be two, the year 2000 or 2001. Something around that. Yeah. That was when I, uh, my husband and I divorced. Right. <laughs> the year one guy? No. no the, he, he stuck around for a while. Oh, okay. <laughs> he came in in 2001. Oh, honey, yeah. don't sit there. That's going to break. Come sit oh, over oh, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just she a display. It's a display. <laughs> I didn't know it's a queen chair. That's why you just grabbed it and just sat there because it's like a throne. <laughs> and you feel like that after a treatment, yes, you know? Yes. Oh. That's from India. That was from a film set from a Bollywood, Hollywood movie. I know. Oh. I know. Because I do a lot of those sort of celebrities as well. Yes, I noticed that. So, yeah. I noticed that. So, three men and a baby. All three of them? All three of them, long Is time Ted ago. Dancing. Steve Guttenberg and and um, uh, Steve Guttenberg. Tom Selleck. Oh my God! I didn't we forget the main oh, star? Yes. Did he have to forget the mustache? He, he always had the mustache. Yeah. I don't think he ever got rid of him. He was Magnum PI. Oh he my had, gosh. you know, he had the mustache. What do you think about mustaches now? I like goatees. Yeah. 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 But I don't like mustaches on bone. Right? It's a you very know, different look. It's a little look. weird. Yeah, it's a little weird, especially with the thin ones. Yes. Ayurvedically, we look at that as Vata Pitta Kapha too. So you'll notice the Pitta men who wear the very sharp, edged, you know, mustaches. The Vata ones are the ones that are just, you know, um, fashion and very trendy. So they'll they'll trim and groom. The Kaphas are the ones that let it grow and they're like Grizzly Adams. Can you remind me what those mean? Yeah, vata is the combination of air and ether. So that's the constitutional body type that is like wind. So the word vata means wind, windy personality. So their body is very thin, tall, very sh uh, small bones, or they could be very short. So the vata personality is very um, uh, talkative, very flamboyant, very creative, sweet, innocent. It has a lot of energy, so it's, you know, the light thin body type. Their skin is pretty thick and it's it tans easy. So they have a lot of um, you know color pigment in their skin. And the hair is like, you know, sort of coarse and coarse like hair or it can be very like crinky curly afro hair. When you see people walking down the street do you automatically kind of uh, absolutely <laughs> categorize people? There, there's, it's a process of observation, right? Yeah. So the ancient rishis and the, the seers that documented and recorded Ayurveda, they were always just watching, watching nature, watching human beings, all sentient beings, and seeing the patterns and seeing the combinations and then making the categories. So everything was, a, it's a steady grid. So Ayur means life and Veda means knowledge. But a very important thing is the word dosha, which is what people say, what's my body type? The word dosha means a flaw. It's a mistake that your body is overproducing. So when you say I'm vata, what that means is that your body is producing a waste uh, a product of gas. So you're really saying I'm a big fart. Pitta is bile, acid. So when you say I'm a pitta person, you're saying at times of stress and imbalance, my body produces too much acid. When you say you're kapha, you're saying you're phlegm. 
the word kapha means phlegm or mucus. So when you're saying that you're kapha, you're saying that my body produces too much kapha, too much phlegm. So you're saying you're a big snot, you know? Wow. So, you're, so, so you're, in the West, we want to identify with the flaw, the dosha, but we don't know that's the dosha. We just like categories. But the truth is that we are an elemental being. So we have all five great elements, ether, air, fire, water, and earth. And at the time of birth, one or two of those elements were more predominant. So it creates what's called a constitution, a prakriti. The word prakriti means matter. You know, it's funny. We always say, what's the matter with your matter? What's the matter with your matter? Like something's always wrong with our matter, our conglomeration of, of the elements and, and the body. So what the whole system of holistic medicine of India, which is Ayurveda, it's to recognize your mind-body type and to help you keep balance so that your dosha, which you're prone to, doesn't get out of balance. Both three of us have more kapha. Mm -hmm. So when we're prone to more water and earth increasing in our body, our body will be thicker, heavier, more fat tissue, water, we will have more emotions, we will be more slow, lethargic. We like to indulge in pleasure and comfort. When you have that body type, the it can get in excess when we overindulge in cuffogenic foods, which are rich in fats and sugar and, and sweets and that have more of that building um, block of you know putting on, on more weight. Those are so delicious. They're so delicious and of course we want them because they're comfort, they're delicious, we want to indulge in pleasure, we want to feel comforted. That's the negative side of, of kapha. But if you take a look at the qualities of the elements, that is what makes the individual um, different. So water, if you look at water, if you look at our three eyes, we have hello bedroom eyes, <laughs> yes. So that's the kaphagenic eyes. Almond-shaped, long eyelashes, we all have thick eyebrows, thick lips. Mm -hmm. We have the full kaphagenic seductive energy of water. Mm. Our wa our body waves, I our body flows. I need to see you just say this to me on a daily basis. <laughs> I mean, it's such a beautiful way, I love it. Like Marilyn Monroe, she had a lot of water element in her. She was seductive, she was flowy, She's so we're fluid, but Sometimes we can walk around in a well, a swamp, an ocean, a waterfall, right? A river flowing nicely. Emotionally? Emotionally and physically. So yes. it's very important to not hold on to things. So kapha people tend to be like sponges. We hold on to things. We absorb things. We're empathic. We put things together. We build things together. We bring people together. Anything that grows in the body is considered kapha. Okay, so it's more matter, it's more earth building, and water, you know, creates that as well. So, kapagenic people will have a tendency to love to be pampered and nurtured and love to do that for others. And so, the imbalance would be to put the self last and overindulge other, giving other people pleasure. Ah, I overindulge in giving other people pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Everything today is all about kapha. You know why? Because yesterday, in uh, uh, I'm half Brazilian, right? So in our tradition, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. 
So in our tradition, we we uh, we celebrate because we have a lot of African. So we celebrate Yimonja, which she's Yimaya, the mother of the water. So yesterday and today is the birthday of the goddess of water. And look, Ooh. I've been surrounded by a lot. Look at the lady that came in before, and your daughter, and you. So we've all, uh, you know, and we have that energy of the water goddess today. So it's a great sign because it's about, it's about that the, the person that's always nurturing, the person that's always giving, is finally taking something for themselves. Well, look at your face. You're glowing. You know, you're like, ah, it's true. She had an Abhyanga Ayurvedic massage, an Indian head massage, and a body-mind consultation. Yeah, so she was oils. So take a nice bath. That will help. Get in water. If you can go for a walk in nature today or sit by in a grass, that would be so nice. We need to recharge on the body of the Divine Mother. We don't recognize that. We need the energy from the earth to come into our body, the energy of the ocean, of the, of the water, the river. We need the sky and the sun. So we need that to recharge our being, right? And that's what this idea of going back to nature or a holistic practice that's what it's meant to do. We are elemental beings, but we're on the body of the elements, right? Yes. So we need the elements to balance our elements. Mm -hmm. So when we are water people, when, when we uh, go to the water, we empty out, yes. right? We cleanse, we, we, we nourish, because we're always you know, energetically um, absorbing people's Drawing energies, and we need the water to heal mm -hmm. ourselves. I'd love to do a workshop called What's Your Dosha Baby? Because <laughs> most of the time, water elements, right, they're, they're very seductive and attractive. So um, air people love the idea of kapha because they, they get grounded. It kind of goes together. It's like the, the, the kapha person is like a nest for the, the bird-like person, which is the vata. <laughs> so the, the thin, taller, the thin, petite person always needs a nest, a person to nourish them, a person to take care of them, a person to, to, to uh, cajole them, feed them. And kafas love to do that. It's the nature. So then the lost little bird is always looking for a new nest. And that's what happens with vata people is that they're impulsive and not necessarily loyal, whereas the kapha person is very loyal, very stable. So think of it as the bird needs to go fly, have its adventure, then it comes back and gets nourished by the nest. If, and then they go again, and then they come back. So if there's an established agreement in that relationship, then, then it's, it works. But if the kapha person feels like every time the bird leaves, the nest falls apart, then you can't. You have to always remain in the confidence that you're the nest and everything will come to you. It's like women. Isn't it true? We were all taught the story of the birds and the bees. But is it true that the bee comes to the flower? The flower doesn't pick up her roots and run after the bee going, smell me, smell me. It, it, it comes. It's a natural law. So women generally, we have to remember, we are the flower. And the bee comes to the flower. So be pretty, smell radiant, you know, emanate your beautiful petals. <laughs> you gotta be at the right place at the right time. You have to plant your garden, right? So now pitta people, pitta people are fire and water. P-I-T-T-A. 
not like pizza bread, pizza bread, but pita cup, <laughs> yes? And pita bread is, uh, pita people are mass, um, muscular, they're medium bone, they're like well personal proportioned, trainer, personal trainer, athletic, they're competitive, they're the CEOs of the company, they're the managers that are telling you what to do, they're aggressive, assertive, they're leaders, they're directors, they're organizers, they're managers, they also have that competitive uh, nature to them, so they can be good salespeople or corporate people, but physically fit, physically strong is the pitta constitution. They are naturally attracted to the bird because they love the thin frame of the bird. They like the perfect model-like body. That makes sense. Okay? <laughs> or they like their own kind. So if you look at um, G.I. Joe's, G.I. Jane's, they you know, they're working out together, it's like a 20 minute workout, their sex life, it's like always intense, right? It's got that rah, 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 so they're the only ones that can keep up with each other. But it becomes um, territorial because fire is like the tiger. So it's like territorial, who has more fire than the other person? So there's a lot of bickering and fighting and control issues and dominance can happen. The way to survive that relationship is for one person to recognize who has more fire? So the one that has the most fire will always tend to win. And then what happens is the other one will swallow the fire, get resentful, get upset, and they usually manifest disease because when you, or alcoholism, or escapism, or something to help them cope. So the best thing to do is if you're fire, to recognize that the other person has more fire. But pitta is not just fire, it's fire and water. So it means if your partner is hot, you use your water to cool him down or her down. You see? Instead of fighting fire with fire, you understand that fire can only be put out by water and earth. So you seduce them more, you water them more, you nurture them more, and then they calm down. They're putty in your hand. <laughs> right? I love this. Literally, this is yes. amazing. Yeah. Is you going to do couples therapy based on this? Well, you know, we have to do couples therapies yeah. based on this because Ayurveda is psychology. It's um, yeah. um, it has everything. Every holistic um, part, you know, from treatments to diet. Yoga is a prescription that is given in Ayurveda. So. Um, the idea of counseling is a very big part, yeah. And is this something that you do? I do it through Vedic astrology. I love using the charts. So for example, I take your time of birth, your date of birth, your place of birth, and then it tells me your cosmic anatomy. So now I know your vata, your pitta, your kapha, but I also know the position of your moon, which tells me a lot about the emotional mind you have. Um, I, I want to look at the sun, which tells me about the soul, what's your soul purpose. Mm. Any obstacles that may be there through the planets, uh, we call them shadow planets. The, the shadow planets are the ones that uh, tell us about the dark side of your moon. So we want to know your emotional um, positive nature and the, um, the way that your mind can't digest life experiences. Ayurveda is about metabolism. It's about how can you digest your thoughts, your emotions, your physical situations, your life experiences, and your food, and your all of those things. And if you can't, then it tells us that your digestive fires are low. And that's why they give you herbs, they give you yoga, they give you meditations, they give you everything to be able to digest. When we can't digest emotions, our life, we become 
suppressed or we become stuck or we become blocked or we become overwhelmed. Constipated. Constipated <laughs> is a sign. Mm -hmm. So yeah. constipation is connected to overwhelm and anxiety and fear, mm -hmm. worry, instability. And are we naturally inclined to have the body that we have? Karma. Karma. Th this is where like your time birth, date of birth, place of birth okay. tells us the mm -hmm. arrangement of your karma. So it's a karmic map. It's your karmic life map. So it tells us a lot about your predisposed behaviors and actions that gave you this result of your body type. And then on top of that, of course, it's the karma of what mother, what father you choose, and their gen genealogy, and their DNA, and their ancestry. So then it all combines. And so, like, I, I, I'm born in Uruguay, South America, but I, I was raised in Toronto, but as my mother calls me, I'm a Spanish Hindu. You know, she, I love it. <laughs> you know, she so it, my karma is to not live in Uruguay, South America, but to come to Toronto so I could follow and be and learn about Indian culture and because my soul may have come from India, right? It we don't know. Feels it feels way. that way, right? It feels that definitely I have an Eastern soul of some kind, right? And so I will always be attracted to an expression of the East in some way. Mm. And and so it comes through and and then you attract and depend on your karmic debt with people, situations, places, and timing, then you have these life experiences. That's why some people get married to each other, they just have the children, and that karma's done. They have no other reason to be together except to have those children. That was their debt. Sometimes people come together and they stay together forever, but they're, they're not happy, but they live together. Um, they, 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 they finish up that karma. You don't know. You know how long you're supposed to be with a person, but there's always a debt. Either someone owes you, you owe them, or you're creating new karma. Some people stay with someone too long, and it creates um, new debt. Sometimes the karma is done. The pay I paid you, you paid me. We're finished. But then there's something called affinity, which means my soul and your soul are beyond karma now, and you will always be in my life because we have affinity together. You see and affinity means that there is no expectation there's no attachment there's forgiveness you accept the person as they are and you go on with your life you move on with your life but it doesn't mean that you abandon them or leave them it just means that you're not affected by them anymore but if you're still affected by them it means that there may be some karma that person may still owe you something or you may owe them something so in Indian philosophy it's about pay your karmic debt so you don't have to come back next lifetime and stay with that person that you don't want to be with anymore or be in that job you don't want to be with anymore. So how do you identify what that karmic debt is? Well, the mind is tricky and the mind <laughs> yes. gets involved and there's layers yeah. and layers and it's very complex and it's very deep. So we don't know. Yeah. There is many books about it, but you can't know. The only thing that you know is that you cannot hurt people. That's the, that's the measure of the karma. So if you are hurting someone by your actions and your behavior, that is the measurement. So it's best to not hurt another sentient being and always to do service and always to be good in, in whatever way you can and always to try to understand that whatever we want from others is usually what we're looking for in ourselves. But whatever you want from one person, it originally 
occurred in your caregivers. You originally wanted from your mother and your father, you wanted those things and you couldn't get it. So you look for okay. those things in other people. Take care, honey. Yeah, okay. Nice, nice to meet you. Okay, I hope so. I hope so. Take my card. So I want you to take that flyer. See that flyer behind the door, the on the wall there. Yes. Take that one. I want you to come to the. Okay, it'll be good. Read it and see. <laughs> if you have suffering, if you're in pain as a vata body type, vatas. Their stress factor is about flight. I'm out of here. I'm escaping. I'm not going to deal. They become aloof. Okay, so it's the bird that's shaking, that's nervous, oh, yes. and flies away. Okay, and so they are usually not consistent. They're usually um, uh, change their mind. Um, they usually cannot commit to long-term projects or long-term things unless they're always inspired. So, with when you have that volta constitution or people around. The, 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 the compassion is to understand that nature, not try to change it. I was going to say, how about changing it? No, no, you can't. You right. can't change the bird. Yeah. Right? So you have to find out what kind of bird are you. Are you an eagle? Are you a chicken? Are you a sparrow? What kind of bird? So you look at the body type and you examine and see the nature. So chickens are homebound. They're going to stay around a little bit longer. They're fearful. They're nervous, but they're going to stay around more. The eagle's going to adventure and soar. The sparrow's going to be adventurous and run around, but always come back, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> so there's going to be different flavors of that expression of the bird, right? And, and so when, when you see that that is the nature of someone, changing that causes imbalances. So what do you do? What does the bird need? It needs a nest. It needs freedom. It cannot be locked up in a cage. It cannot have rules. It cannot have pressure. It cannot take a, 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 a three-year program or five-year program. They'll suffer. They're better off in smaller contracts. That's two six months. That's two a year. Um, as an employee, they may come in, rah, 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 I'm so excited. I want to do this. I want to do that. But they may not have any follow-through. So give them shorter projects because they're very creative. They're going to be talking and talking and talking. What does a bird do all day? It chirps, it chirps, it chirps, it talks, it talks, it talks. <laughs> so put them at the forefront of your media, right? I'm thinking of someone specific. Are you Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking the original. Oh, the original James. <laughs> you know, because when you're saying this, my immediate thought is, I'm thinking of all these people that fit in the categories. And of I'm like, course, yes, amazing. because that's, that's, that's how we learn about people. You see, acceptance can only come through understanding. When you understand the nature of a person, when you understand the reasons why they do what they do, what is their constitution, what is their elemental arrangement, then you start to let go of those expectations, not be disappointed, not be um, affected as much, not be so disappointed, not be so upset, because you see that the truth. That is so interesting, because sometimes we are attracted to the people, you know, opposites attract, but then we want to change the opposite yeah. to fit. Yes. But you're right. I mean, it, there's a kind of a balance. Yeah. But if you know what you're trying to fit them into. <laughs> right. Right? So if you're a kafa, what do you want? You want a couch potato? You want someone to be Not there? Really. You want someone, no, because you have a little pitta, right? So, oh. so you can't be exactly one thing. So you, that's why you have to, categories don't work. Yeah. Especially for Westerns. Because Westerns want to be everything and do everything. 
Yes. Right? They want to embrace supermen, super spiritual. We believe in every race, every culture, every creed. We've tried every restaurant, every food, every nationality. We slept with every nationality. Like, you know, like we're experiential. That's Vata. We are a Vata deranged culture. Vata deranged. Vata deranged. That's like the name of your, your book, Vata Deranged Culture. I love it. Thank you. That's a great name. No, you should totally do it. Vata Deranged Culture. So, yeah, because Vata, the air element, is always, what is the nature of a bird? It wants to experience. I can listen to you talk all day long. I am always studying. I can't help it. Like, I work, I teach, I study. And that's, my whole life is is about studying. Have you always been that way since you were a child? Always. I was raised by five women. They are (laughs) metaphysical um, uh, explorers of the occult. So five expressions of, um, you know, different types of divination. So in in my house, if you had a headache, one of the five mothers were not going to necessarily give you a Tylenol. They would cleanse your aura, put a crystal on you, and if it was a really bad headache, maybe even take a chicken and clean your aura and let the chicken fly and take the bad energy away. Uh, tie a red uh, string around your head with, you know, uh, chopped herbs. Like we had that intense Aboriginal esoteric upbringing. So my household was always around that. Um, and then my father was very, very Christian. So the Christian and the witch, you know, <laughs> living really together. Interesting. Very interesting. So I had both worlds. Um, I loved JC. I loved Jesus, you know, because he was like the healer. Mm-hmm. And he was like so How magical. Do you feel about Jesus now? I love him. He's the greatest yogi. Wow. Right? Because he was. Yeah. Um, we don't know what he did uh, yeah. from age 12 to 33. Most people, there's documents that he went to Kashmir, India. Mm-hmm. He was always in Lotus. Yeah. He's always doing mudras. He's preaching love, compassion, forgiveness. Yeah. He's, he is Brahmvidya. Brahmvidya means the, the knowledge of the absolute reality, always engaging us in love and service to humanity, healing, right, and, and expelling demons out of people. He was the greatest mystic, the greatest healer, the greatest yogi. Wow. So he's my first teacher. And in Vedic culture, you are always taught to honor your first guru. And Jesus is my first guru. Because of him, I wanted to heal. Because of him, I was interested in the divination and the divine and in mysteries, right? Because of him, um, I was brought up in congregation and chanting the names of God. So that's why I could do kirtan, right? Because kirtan? kirtan is um, in Vedic culture. Uh, is where you, you, you sit in congregation and you chant and sing the names of God. And so in yoga classes, there'll be chanting a mantra. Those are all part of the expression of um, uh, Ayurvedic uh, culture, Indian culture, the Vedic um, civilization, which is all about that. So every region has a different deity that they chant to or chant mantras to. In Ayurveda medicine, some of those mantras are used for deep healing, so to remove disease from the body. Uh, mantras mean um, actions for the manas, means mind. So mantras are actions for purification of the mind. So it's usually the mind that causes the imbalance. It's the mind that manifests the disease and brings um, our body mind out of balance. Wow, it's how it's we think. Mind. Yoga is based on understanding what kind of mind you have. Mm-hmm through the Patanjali Yoga Sutras, which are the scriptures, he's like the yogic psychologist. Mm -hmm. So if you don't know what kind of mind you have, 
then that's why we run around this galaxy lost. Mm -hmm. But if you understand the nature of your mind, then you'll understand the right practice that will help you. And that will lead you to the right associations, the right people, and so you lessen your suffering. What does it take to know the nature of the mind? Self-analysis, self-investigation. That's what Ayurveda is the science of self-realization. Because just by talking about the elements, did you not get insights into yourself, into others, into why we get triggered by others? And we can go deeper into that by breaking down all the elements, all the body types, and then doing, I mean, comparison, compatibility. But then there's beyond the body, you have a mind type. So you've got your VPK, Vata Pitta Kapha, and then you have your gunas. Your gunas are, are your mind types, your qualities of your mind. So some minds are very, very, very fast, intense, you know, and that's rajas, action, passion. Some minds are very slow, lethargic, depressed, heavy, addicted, tamas, inertia, darkness. Some minds are peaceful and spiritual and, and, and loving and fa- focus on um, humanitarian actions. Sattva, the mind of goodness and purity. So if you put that mind to the body, there's a whole other body-mind type that we can explore. So it goes into layers and layers. and It's so deep. It's so vast. It's a self-realization process. Your Vedic astrology chart begins as a map to figuring out your mind type, your body type through the karmas and what is your weakness due to your cosmic anatomy, the planets that were influencing you at the time of your birth. So people that have a very strong Mars in their chart, what's Mars? He's the planet of war. He's a warrior. He fights. He's aggressive. He's assertive. So you are going to be Mangalik, they call you. So if you're a girl in India, they cast your chart before you get married. They do it when you're born. So they know what kind of child they're going to have. So immediately they go, oh my God, I have a Mangalik. So basically (laughs) what it means is that this child is going to be Mars ruled, which means they're going to be aggressive, assertive, argumentative. They're not going to be able to be disciplined very well. So if it's a girl, traditionally they marry her um, to a tree because they know her first husband, if she gets married before the age of 28, she's going to get divorced. Are you serious? They they really marry them to a tree? Sometimes in different uh, uh, villages. And then they divorce her from the tree. That's her first husband. And then until age 28, until Mars pacifies, they do all these rituals to appease Mars. They do, uh, uh, we call them upayas, which are rituals that you do to, in offerings so that you can appease the planets and get their blessings. And then it calms and cools that part. And if she's a pitta with Mangalik, then you've got Zinya, the warrior <laughs> goddess, right? She's going to be uncontrollable. There's three sister sciences. It's Ayurveda, Yoga and Jyotisha. Jyoti means the lighted planets that shine upon you at the time of your birth. Jyoti is the eyes of the Veda. It's the way you see your whole karmic map. Then yoga is the practice of balancing and unifying that body, that mind, that spirit, and understanding your mind type so that you can be able to uh, release suffering. And then Ayurveda is the medicine that helps you keep everything in balance, right? So the three sister sciences work really well together. How do you feel about antidepressants? I believe Western medicine is very helpful. It saves lives, and it's very useful, and when we need it, we need it, but it needs to be balanced. 
um, with everything. Just like everything needs to be balanced, we need to balance it. So sometimes antidepressants um, are not as necessary. Sometimes they're very necessary. So it depends on the institution, the constitution, the, 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 the timing in the person's chart. So for example, if we know that a person is running a certain planetary period, then it may be two and a half years, three years, a six year period, an 18 year period, um, that some, some herbs or drugs or practices may not work until that planetary period is finished or over. Mm. What about cannabis consumption? All is good, everything in moderation and depends on who's taking it, who's the patient and who's prescribing. So for example, I'm wearing a yellow um, sapphire on my um, uh, pointer finger, which is connected to the planet Jupiter. So in Indian astrology, I'm Pisces. So Pisces is ruled by Jupiter. And when you look at where Jupiter is in the 12 houses of my zodiac, it's in a particular placement that needs strengthening. So by wearing a gemstone connected to the energy, the meridian, we call it nadis, of this finger, it, it's going to affect the kidneys, everything that Jupiter rules, the adipose tissue, the fat, all of that, and it's going to start to change my metabolism, change my prana, change my energy. Everything in this world is measured on prana. So cannabis has prana, antidepressants doesn't have prana. It has artificial um, medicinal energy, a vibration that needs to be affected. It's a chemical, so it's different. Mm. So in terms of cannabis, if you see sometimes, you'll see people that overindulge in it, they actually are depressed or they're dreamers. They'll have 10,000 ideas and 10,000 projects on the go that never get finished. What is Mary Jane? Mm. She is mother, she is mother. Cannabis is mother. Ah. She is the mother energy. She grounds you, she nurtures you, she takes your pain away, right? So we use her as a pain solution. Physical pain, emotional pain, every kind of pain. We indulge, we want to lie on the lap of the Divine Mother. So cannabis is very important, just like coca, cocaine. Cocaine, okay. She's a herb, she's a mother. We overindulge in things when we are needing certain things, Mm. right? So you'll notice that people that take cocaine are people that need confidence, that need power. People that take marijuana are people that need to be grounded and, and stabilize and bring the vata down, right? Pain is connected to vata. Vatas take uh, pain and pain travels in the body. So it doesn't mean you are a vata person. I have a lot of vata disturbance, for example. You don't see any vata in me. You see me as a round, cophagenic woman. But I have uh, vata. Wind is pushing my water and earth, creating an imbalance. So it's more complicated than just VPK. Uh, it does also increase uh, with age, the, the vata. vata. So everything has seasons. When you look at a baby, what is a baby? It's, it's mucusy, it's wet. It's eating, it's sucking everything. We call that kapha. So from, from the, eight, the time you come out of your body all the way to puberty, that's kapha time. From puberty, what do teenagers do? They get pimples, they're hot, they're agitated, they're uh, angry, they scream, they're uncontrollable. Pitta, their pitta is high, right? And then they, they're high, high desire. Then they go through puberty, then they want marriage, then they want sex, then they want uh, uh, babies, and they want this job, they want that. So pitta needs the fire, the passion, gets exhausted until probably age, about age 55, and that's when vata takes over. Old age, we start getting aches and pains, we start drying out, we lose our luster, we lose our juice of life, so vata takes over, and so we start going into vata, decay, and, you know, 
pain comes, right? Age comes with when Vata season or Vata time. So everything has a season, everything has a meaning, everything has a reason. How long does it take to build a chart? If I wanted to have a chart built, what does that process look like? I need your time of birth. Okay. So um, mm -hmm. as close to within a two-hour period as possible. Mm -hmm. So you want to try to narrow it down. Hospital records, uh, birth certificates, baby pictures. Sometimes people write the time of birth. Yeah. Okay. Parents remember, ask questions. Um, you know, who brought them to the hospital? What's lunch time for you? What's breakfast time for you? People say, oh, around breakfast. Well, what's breakfast time for you? Is it between 7 and 8.30? Is it between 6 and 8, 8 o'clock? What's, what's the timing? Sometimes it's 8 p.m. And then you need your time of birth, your place of birth, city and country, and your date of birth. Okay. So that, those are the three things, and it takes like a second to cast and then I need time to analyze it and study it and then um, start reading it. Yeah. Are, you, are you doing rice readings as well? Ooh. Yes. Well, rice readings is the divination practice of, of Uruguay, my motherland. Um, actually, it's more Brazilian. It's in the, it's the tribes um, that, you know, harvest the, the rice and then cast it and throw it. But, you know, you can read anything. It's a vehicle. It's a medium um, that you can... Uh, channel right so everything has its ritual it has its purpose and it can be used as a, a as a tool of divination when you have a grid of observation and you watch and train yourself to watch human behavior human nature you start to automatically see patterns mm -hmm. you start to see why certain people would gravitate to certain foods certain places cannabis cafes um, you know, uh, all kinds of things. There's no judgment. It's more about, oh, I get it. I get why they go there. I get why they need that. And then it becomes understanding. When we understand, we have a lot more compassion. When we don't understand, we become judgmental, right? Mm -hmm. So people that don't understand the healing properties, the social tribal aspect of cannabis, they're not going to understand why uh, a cafe is needed. Our culture is missing tribe, mm -hmm. you see? Mm -hmm. And so that is a ceremony that brings uh, people together to be in association and in congregation. And within that, there is storytelling, which is a, a, a fundamental part of being human, is connecting through the story. It's a collection of stories that comes together to create its own online tribe I guess I love it there you go you're, you're building community you're, you're yeah. looking for yeah. your, your, your group your sangha we call it sangha, sangha. right your sangha your you know your posse ganja sangha your... do you have any desire to meet Oprah or Dr. Phil <laughs> <laughs> oh I, you know Oprah is definitely an inspiration to me she's a large woman I'm a large woman um, she's suffered so many things and she's overcome it and one of the greatest gifts that she has is she's giving people formulas of how to move away from their traumas and go on with their lives have hope and I really really admire that woman mm -hmm. I believe that you know everyone has their issues right yeah and um, we can pick people apart until we're blue in the face and that's what our culture is all about our culture somehow has moved into this place of tearing people apart and we can tear each one of us apart if we're trained to we are trained to do that it's a survival 
it's a way of surviving our environment, competing, um, protecting ourselves from getting hurt, hurting someone first before they hurt us, all of that, it's part of the training. So we can say negative things about both Phil and um, uh, Oprah, but why? Why? Let's try to use a different approach. Let's try to use compassion and understanding. So both people are large, okay? Both people are awkward. Both people definitely have issues that they've overcome. Both people have a very generous um, nature of trying to help people. Who cares if they made thousands and billions of dollars from it? Many thousands and billions of people are being affected and healed and helped. Hallelujah to them. Thank you for existing. Now, awesome. you I, love know, that. I love that. You know, like, or we could just spend time trashing everybody. And, and, and we can see that we are all wounded and hurt beings. And each one of us is given a small gift. They found their gift. They found their gift. And they're expressing their gift. They're playing their gift. They're exploring their gift. Now, what, what, why are you guys interviewing a person that does Ayurveda? Because I thought you were an amazing personality. Oh, you so much yes, well. you are. This is definitely. And be what a is good it one. for? So, this is yeah. Cindy's baby. It started as a personal project or a personal kind of documenting my life, and then it turned into this, you know, other thing that me and Jesse partner doing, which is strangers we know talking oh, to people in Toronto. And so, yeah. Cindy I love and I are it. both uh, cannabis uh, enthusiasts. Yeah, we are. We are. So, uh, a lot of the people that we've met, we've met at this particular cafe where people go and smoke, and yeah. we've met amazing people. We've met, yeah. you know, heard some really awesome stories, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, that's pretty much yeah. it. branching out. We're yeah, branching yeah. Out. So yeah. branching out. Well, this is yeah. good. Well, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, there's so much to say about everything. There really is. <laughs>